Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more with over 122 million parts. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time, or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Volume. It's Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Why? Well, let me tell you. Okay, first off, the app is safe, secure. It's easy to use, okay? FanDuel always has these great exclusive offers where you can get juice, win a little more. Uh, When you win, you'll get paid fast. No waiting, no BS. And they got a ton of ways to play, man. Spread, money line over, unders, totals, props, same game, parlays, everything. Live betting. If you get to the show late, it doesn't matter. Just live bet it. They also have the teasingly vague same game parlay plus. I don't think it's a streaming service, but there's only one way to find out. It's by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, promo code SNAPS, and make every moment more this football season. Must be 21 and present in select states only. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. Arizona, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Indiana, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700. Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net. West Virginia. Hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday. Uh, it is Tuesday, right? Uh, aggressive opening to not know the day, T Bob, but I'm pretty sure it is. That's right, it's Tuesday. And uh, look, we just wrapped up a great week one of the NFL last night. Uh, we have a ton to get to today, though, on Snaps presented by FanDuel. Uh, Snaps, your new favorite 
daily college football show, 45 minutes every single day. Shout out to the volume. Uh, look, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the like button. Subscribe to our pod wherever you get pods. Rate and review. It helps out the boys. Speaking of the boys, we got our excellent producer, Ryan Brumley, and SEC QB1, Mr. Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, dude? Happy, happy, happy Tuesday. Uh, before we get into the college football, because this is a college football show, what the yeah. hell is up with the clock management last night on Monday football, Monday night football Oof. for the Denver Broncos? Did you watch that crap? I mean, uh, what, so what, I did not actually what, watch what it doing? live. I'm currently yeah. really, so I love behind the scenes stuff. And I'm currently watching documentary series on Disney Plus about Industrial Light Magic, which is who did all the special effects for Star Wars, Anna Jones, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's incredible. I did see this morning, though, Aaron. I am, I am aghast, agog, yeah. astounded. I have never seen such poor clock management out of a professional organization. And you know what? You, you know what questions it must bring up about Coach Nathaniel? I'm just not sure, Aaron, if he can hack it. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, uh, yeah. right? I mean, you know what's funny? We think we think these guys are like the best, the best in the world, and they are the best, the best in the world, but that they, they're immune to make mistakes. Like they, they're not going to make mistakes. And this, you know, brings me back to this was heading into my third year in, in the NFL. I was two years in Kansas City. I was with, you know, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson was our OC. Doug leaves Kansas City, wow. gets a head coaching job at Philly. I go over there with them uh, that that first year, and and you would think a guy that had been with Andy Reid for that long, seen Andy Reid at Philly, was with him there. Shoot, was with Coach Reid back, and 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 when he was coaching at at the Packers, uh, he was Brett Favre's backup, and then was the OC in Kansas City. That he would he would make some mistakes, but not a lot. And the amount of clock issues <laughs> that Doug Peterson had his first year as a head coach in Philly, and he admitted it. He admitted it to the media. He apologized to the team multiple times. So it happens, especially early in the season. But I just didn't get it. I think they had two or three timeouts at that point. They had three. They had all three. Three. They had all three, all timeouts. three timeouts. And let's just <laughs> save it for a 65-yard field goal when you're paying uh, Russell $200 million plus. I just... I was flabbergasted, man. Completely flabbergasted, and um, good thing that no, good I thing mean, losing look, one game in the NFL doesn't end your season like it is college football. Yeah, just call the timeout and then uh, go yeah. ahead and decide if you want to kick the field goal. I don't know. So, absolutely a horrible job by the Broncos and Hackett. They give Carroll the big win. Monday Night Football shutout. But we're here to talk some. Yeah, and of course, Chris or David, I agree they should have gone for it on fourth down. Right, call timeout, get yeah. your play, do it. Uh, but Aaron said it in the chat. Okay, we got a hot show today for y'all. First off, something Aaron is uniquely qualified to speak on. The Georgia Bulldogs back on top. Number one in the AP poll. Uh, next, the little Trojan boys go out west. Does Travis Dye tell a lie when he tells you that he's never been on a team this good? Oh, my God, and here we go, dude. The Georgia helmet is out. I'm not going to put on the LSU helmet until we're ranked again, um, which could be a while. Uh, so we'll talk about USC, whether or not you're buying said hype. Get into a little Penn State Auburn, as it looks like maybe that's where the next big let's all make fun of this guy domino could fall. And then our favorite segment, which we've only done once. This is the second time. Use your words. Uh, our producer, Brian Lumley, is going to ask us, Ryan Brumley. He's going to ask us some questions, and we're going to answer on our whiteboard. So let's dive in Aaron you just had the helmet on it looks like there's a new dog on top and I have two separate questions for you um a uh 
should Georgia, do they deserve to be number one right now? And do they deserve to be the favorites to win the Natty? Yes. Yes to both. They definitely deserve to be one. You know, we go back to that game versus Oregon. Uh, I'm a little bit afraid right now that I'm going to be like just breaking out after putting this helmet on for the first time. It's probably just nasty as crap. But I'm going to run with it for this because I love my dogs. (laughs) And and, and 100%, they should be the number one team in the country. What they did to Oregon making it look like it was a mid-season game and, and, and executing both offensively special teams uh, through all three phases, actually special teams and defense was absolutely dominant. Those four and five-star guys that Kirby's recruited these past few years really demonstrate, I thought, to the country that, hey, we are, you know, we're not here to rebuild. We are here to freaking reload. And and they did that week one. Then they looked good in week two. Was it perfect? No. And, you know, some issues in the red zone. But overall, you win the game. You take care of business. You get the backups in. Uh, right now, there isn't, to me, a weakness. When I watch the tape and I look at this team, whether it's live or or the coach's tape, I can't pick out a spot like, hey, I'm going to go, uh, this is an area of weakness. This is where we can exploit Georgia, whether it's on the offense or defense oh. side of the football. It's just not there right now. This is a team that, to me, is good uh, in the trenches. They're good at the receiving and on the DB side, the secondary. They're good at the running back spot. They're elite at the tight end spot. And when you watch Stetson through the first two weeks of the season, I see a quarterback that is playing with more confidence than a lot of quarterbacks, maybe all quarterbacks out there in college football, besides maybe Bryce Young there at Alabama. It it is scary, scary, scary how good this team is. They're by far the best team in the East. I think they're by far the best team in the the SEC, and they're the best damn team in the country. And I expect them to be one all year long. Uh, I don't see them dropping. You know, they're going to have some games here there that are a little bit close. I thought South Carolina maybe could push them this weekend. You know, they lose a couple guys on defense. I don't know how good South Carolina is, especially on the offensive side of the football. I think they'll go in there and take biz- take care of business. Tennessee at the end of the year is going to be a challenge. Now, obviously, when you play most likely Alabama in Atlanta, that will be yeah, a challenging game. game. But right now, I think they're the best team. Yeah, look, I mean, all fair. And Aaron, uh, to your point, you have not seen my notes, right? We do share an overall rundown, but I have uh, my own thing. It's called a snap side piece. Okay, I don't want you to be jealous, but it's where I kind of get my thoughts on paper. And literally, this is what I wrote verbatim. I'm just going to read it. Just don't really know what the weakness on this Georgia team is yet. We need someone to exploit, uh, to excuse me, to exploit and or show us one. So it's it's exactly what you just said, right? Like, like if you if you look at Alabama, uh, you could argue that that offensive line, the same way that they did last year, and which was still a very good Alabama team, but they gave up a ton of sacks, a ton of TFLs. Alabama's offensive line did not look good against Texas. It's actually, I mean, however you want to look at it, Alabama's line didn't look good. Texas D line did look really good. Either way. That was the biggest difference in that game. Uh, so, yes, at this point, there is nothing that we have seen in either game for Georgia that has pointed, pointed to anything resembling a weakness. The one thing you could maybe latch on to would still be that you replace so many bodies on the defensive side of the ball, but I, I, but I don't believe that, right? Like, I don't think of that a weakness because you replace them with more NFL guys. Yep. That's exactly what we told you going into week one. And so everything but, but they, checks like, out. So, again, they, go, go ahead. Yeah. Well, well you, you you bring up a good point. Like, yes, they lost a guy, a lot of guys in the first round, but look at, you know, besides the four and five star guys that they brought in to replace, you know, all those first round picks, look at what they, they also return. You know, Jalen yeah. is, is I would say a top two or three player, especially on the defense side of the football in America. 
you know, Nolan yep. on the outside's a big a beast. Yeah, Keely Ringo, Chris Smith in the secondary. So you brought back four or five guys that today, you know, they may be first round draft picks. Like the guys, the four guys I just named right now, if you look at a lot of the big boards out there, are projected first and second round picks in the NFL. So this is still a defense that with just those four guys alone have a ton of NFL talent. And then you yeah. we have seen some of these young guys that have been in the system that Kirby's recruited extremely well go out there next year. I mean, that's the, that to me, that's the biggest difference right now. And I don't want to, you know, change topics too much, but AM, because AM has recruited well. AM is is not just this past year, but we said it has recruited well for the past two or three years there with Jimbo. But where is that talent? And this is why Saban has been so good because Saban can take those guys, put them on a bench. We all forget about them. Then all of a sudden, once someone gets drafted in the first round, that guy takes over and dominates. And yeah. and this goes back to my original talking point that we we, we discussed early on the season. Who is the most capable to, to to have a Nick Saban type run? It's Kirby because he's shown that he could put a guy on the shelf, have him sit for a year or two, or even some of these true incoming freshmen like the, the the Starks kid who had that amazing pick in game one, and those guys can be ready to play as soon as their number is called. That is hard to do. And and Kirby's shown that he's that talented of a developer, of a a recruiter, and 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 being able to put those guys in the right position to go out there and make plays. Yeah, and look, I I, I think Brad Powell, and it's a really good point you made, Aaron, on the returning guys, because you're right. All four returning guys are first-rounders themselves. Like, you could build a good defense based off of those four, even if you weren't replacing the other people with four and five stars. But Georgia is, and that's where they are where they are. Uh, Brad Powell says, and a lot of those guys got time last year in quite a few blowouts, which Mm -hmm. is another great point, right? Even on, like, Stetson Bennett stats. We forget Stetson Bennett never plays a second half. He never has to. Over the past couple of years. And uh, yeah, so Georgia checks with the boxes, man. Of course, they should be number one right now. Of course, they should be the national championship favorite because bottom line, we had two, maybe three dragons entering the year in Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama. And in Alabama's case, they look very mortal. Now, it's not, but they looked mortal last year, right? And they still beat yep. Georgia SC championship, came back a lot. So it's not to say they're still legitimate competitors to UGA, but you can't say they look better thus far. And then with Ohio State, yeah, they've been you know they, they've they've been great. But what does that Notre Dame win feel like now? Right, yeah. they got a little bit of its luster taken off. We're already not as sure on Ohio State. So, yeah, man, of course Georgia's number one. Georgia's giving up one and a half points per game right now. Who would you like? Who would you who would you like to Bob? Who would you like right now in a matchup between Ohio State and Alabama? Because I I, I yes, I understand that that the win versus Notre Dame is not as as sexy as it was two weeks ago but that was with without jackson smith and jigba you know who was out for the majority of the game that was without another one of their top receivers those guys will be playing this weekend it looks like from from coach day making an announcement i think based on what i've seen from both teams i've seen i i I, you know it's hard to judge ohio state once again because notre dame's offense is atrocious um so how good did they really (laughs) did they improve that much this offseason yeah I'll, i'll bet on yes and then I'll also bet on their offense is significantly better than Alabama's offense. Um, so I think if you put those te- two teams on a field right now and a neutral site in a playoff game, I would put my money on Ohio State winning that football game. So if I had to rank my teams one through three uh, for the three best teams in the country, it would be you know Georgia one, Ohio State two, because I know they're going to be able to score points. 
and an Alabama three. I just don't know right now if Alabama once again has the horses in a, in a shootout to be able to score 25 to 35 points, even against a team like Ohio State, who still needs to prove to us that their defense is taking that next step uh, under a new defensive coordinator. So the only reason why I'm not willing to give Ohio State that nod quite yet is, uh, well, it's a couple of things. First off, I am a little bit like in a mind warp over Bryce Young, right? Like it kind of doesn't matter. Like I feel like whenever the pressure is highest, quite simply, Bryce Young is at his best. Like he has an ability to turn up his level of play. Now, he is limited because of the lack of weapons, like you talked about, Aaron. And it's hard to make too many Ohio State takes with Njigba not playing against Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's defense really held their own. They did yep. good, really good at times. That's a defense that didn't necessarily look great against Marshall, giving up that 94-yard touchdown drive. And I know these things aren't all like one-to-one -one transitive properties, but we're, we're trying to kind of compare from afar here. And, and so I don't doubt Bryce Young. I see an Alabama team that still beat Texas in Texas despite having the most penalties in school history. Like, that will not happen again. I do think Will Anderson's going to turn it on eventually and play much better, and he would be able to Harris uh, – Bryce Young. So I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not there with Ohio State yet. I could certainly get there quite easily, but I do think we're maybe rubber banding a bit too hard on Alabama here for still going into a Texas team that has just as many yep. four stars. I, I think they have half as many five stars as Alabama does. They still have like six or eight or something, but they've like, that's a talented Texas team, no matter what they've been the past few years. So no, I'm not, I'm not completely off of me. I, I go Georgia one, Bama two, Ohio State three. I mean, listen, it, it, it's 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 what horse are you going to bet on during the season when it comes to – because they're different teams. I think right now you look at it as like yeah. Ohio State sells the potential to be one of the elite offenses in the country. Alabama we, we know is going to be one of the elite defenses in the country. Now you can't win a championship with just one or the other. Georgia showed us last year that like they needed the offense to step up, and they did. They stepped up first Michigan. They played a tremendous game. And then especially in the second half versus Alabama – they, they stepped it up and made some big plays and was able to pull away and win that football game. You need both. You need the offense to complement the defense. You need the defense to complement the offense. And if you have one and not the other, you can go far, but you're not going to win a championship. So the question is, yeah. do we feel like Ohio State's defense can get that much better or during the season or that Alabama's offense can get that much better during the season. And obviously, you know, a lot of people will lean towards Alabama because of Bryce and, you know, and, and the reigning Heisman trophy winner and, and, and the, the brass balls yep. that he has in the fourth quarter. I get that, but you, you can only do so much and you can only ask him to be Superman so much without, you know, the, the, the support around him. So unless those receivers learn to run a little bit faster, I still think this is a very huh. average offense where I look at Ohio State and what they brought back from last year and the new defensive coordinator, and I do think there's a chance for that defense to make significant strides from what we saw last year. So that's why I'm betting on Ohio State taking a massive step from what we're seeing right now on the defensive side compared to what we may see from Alabama, say, end of the season. Because I still think the uh, offense for Alabama is going to be average throughout this year I, I they just they, they can't go into the portal and get what, any more players what do, by, what do you mean by average though define average like average by alabama standards or average is in like average yeah. in the oh. I, I mean you look at them in the sec right now and i can name a few offenses that they're better than i mean they're, they're probably in that 
five Ooh, mark right me. now. Yeah, baby, Aaron, hey, come on, dude. You know up. the way to my heart. You know the way to my heart is to shit on some gums, dude. Let me know. Okay, feed me. Let's go. Daddy's hungry, Aaron. Feed me. All right, let me pull up the SEC roster right now, and then we'll go like through what, what offense I think are better. Georgia's better. Tennessee's okay. better. Okay. Arkansas it right now is better. Mississippi huh? State's huh? better. And then okay, the I, okay, okay. Miss, hold on, hold on. I'm with you. I'm with you on three of the four. Explain Arkansas, because I think I know how you're getting there. But I want, I want to know how you're getting there. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU. Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products, are pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love Arkansas right now. I am I am so high on Arkansas in that offense. Uh, KJ is a beast. They got Rocket Sanders between the two of them, that offensive line. I've been actually really impressed with their receivers yeah. on the outside making plays. 
Um, you know, that's one too. Like, I, I'll give you that. Like, Arkansas, Alabama, you know, maybe Alabama's a little bit better, but still, even with that, they're coming in at four or five, which is, you know, still top half of the SEC. I think Ole Miss has a chance to be pretty darn good. They got the three, I would say, the best backs in the SEC right now. Uh, they got some really good receivers. You know, Blaine needs to make a damn decision about the quarterback spot, but I think there's enough weapons there. I like the offensive line for that offense with Lane at the helm to be a very, very good offense. So, hmm. yeah, Alabama's around five, number six in the SEC when it comes to offense right now. Okay, okay, dude. Yeah, and, and you're right. Like, that is average, certainly, by the Alabama that we've gotten used to. That is average, and it's almost just average in the SEC. It's middle of the pack. Um, yeah, and look, as far as Arkansas goes, the offensive line has been fantastic thus far. Okay, that's pretty crazy, dude. That's it's pretty wild to think about there. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Christopher David Bama's in the chat. Gonna... I'm not. I'm not blasting Bama. I'm just stating facts. If you want to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges, like they're just they don't. I mean, if you ask Alabama fans too, they I think they would have to admit it. Like they don't have the offense that was scoring 45, 50 points a game like they were two years ago. I mean, look at the struggles even last year they had at times. And that was with, I still yeah. believe, the best receiver in the country. And then they lost him and they went to complete crap versus George in the national championship. They just don't have the dudes on the outside that they've had the past four or five years. So they not saying once again, they can't win because they have probably the number two defense in the SEC, if not the number one defense in the SEC. So you're telling me like if you have the number one or two defense in the SEC, along with the number five offense in the SEC, that's a championship football team still. Yes, yes, definitely. But it is not the offense, if they stay ranked where they are, it is not the offense that had a Heisman winner last year and had some of the most dominant stats at times you've ever seen in your life before. Uh, Brum, what's up, dude? Uh, what did you want me to tee you up for here? So our good friends at FanDuel, just to illustrate George's dominance, projected the lines for all their games moving forward. And for our audio listeners, they'd be 46-point favorites versus Kent State, 22.5-point favorites versus Missouri, 21-point favorites versus Auburn, 39-point favorites versus Vanderbilt, 16 versus Florida, 15 versus Tennessee, 14 at Mississippi State, 13 at Kentucky, and 36.5 versus Georgia Tech. Obviously, this is speculative. You can't actually bet these yet. But this is how they would project the lines moving forward, just to illustrate Georgia's dominance and what they are looking at over the next ten weeks That's or so. Outrageous! I mean, that is literally outrageous. But uh, no, it's, that's Stiquavius. It's 100% doable. Stiquavius, right there. That's I mean, where would you rank Georgia right now? I mean, I would say Georgia's top two offense in the SEC and top two defense in the yeah. SEC. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like we said, no, no, Georgia literally, I mean, we've seen two games. So we're dealing with yeah. small sample sizes all around, right? But you can only perform how you can in that sample size. And as you said, there's like no weakness seemingly to Georgia right now. And I don't exactly know who or how you find one of those weaknesses. Um, maybe you catch Georgia on a day like Alabama where they just commit more penalties than they ever have in like school history before. Like it's going to take some sort of outlier event like that. I would think to create a loss for Georgia until they run in to the biggest dogs at the end of the, at the end of the road. Don't, I mean, make no mistake about it. Uh, Georgia is a dragon of the realm and those things are rare and they are few and far between. All right. I'm looking at Chad here. Um, 
yeah, uh, UJ's O-line is weak. Uh, Kirby's visor says – or excuse me, Bama's O-line is weak. Excuse me, Bama. Yeah, yeah, same thing as last year. That was, that, like, that, that was one of the big takeaways from Saturday is just simply like was last year maybe not the rebuilding year that everybody thought, and, and maybe Alabama is slipping a little bit. A little bit. Relative slip. Can we get can we get can we get some can we get some snaps uh sequavious for Heisman shirts? Can we start the yes, campaign? Yes, dude, please. Do we want the picture on the, there? I, I yes. okay, which picture do we want? The 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 headshot with the chain and the fade, that you one's remember doable. that really like NIL we have to like we have to like get this okayed by Stetson, but yes, I oh, would love to, to reach out to him. And he's dead. I'll put and a little money in Stequavius' pocket. Can we see like a yeah. return from that? It's like I, I'd invest in Stequavius' stock for sure. I'd have been on it from the ground floor. No, that's not true. I was kind of <laughs> doubting a little bit. I wasn't sure if he'd gotten too full of himself. Hey, can we get Papa there. Colin to, to 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 sponsor some NIL so we can get some Stequavius snaps shirts for the year? Yes, yes, dude. Please, please, or just gold chains that say Stetson. Um, <laughs> so okay, okay. So so look, we've talked a lot about Alabama and a lot about Georgia and a lot about Ohio State here. One team we have not talked about that we may be talking about more and more, Aaron. I mean, the USC Trojans. So Travis Dunn, Mm. uh, the very good running back. I think he had like 14 carries, like 120 or something the other day. Uh, he transferred from Oregon in the offseason. He said, quote, after the game, quote, I've been on some really good teams, and this is the best team I've ever been on. And that's no disrespect to my past teams. It's just the truth. So first off, when you look at Dye's teams he was on, um, yeah, they were pretty good at Oregon. That said, yeah. I have no problem believing what he says there. The biggest question here, Aaron Murray, are you buying the USC hype? And by USC hype, I mean, is USC a legitimate, playoff contender yes they are uh Ooh. which you know three weeks ago i was not buying the 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 thought of a team that is essentially an expansion team but they just went around and you know think of like what when when the houston texans came about what did they do they you know they got this player from here this player any expansion team they kind of bring a bunch of players together and then you know pray to god that they can figure it out that's what usc did the number one transfer portal team out there this offseason it's not just the players that that are new. It's the coaching staff too. So not only are you bringing in all these players from across the country that have never played together, that have never worked together, you're also bringing a new coaching staff that that you know doesn't know these kids. The players got to learn a new system. Not only the the new players, but the 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 current players that are still there from the roster last year. So that's a lot of moving parts. That's a lot of things that just have to go right. And as of right now. It looks like it's going right. So I was thinking that, hey, man, that may take you know half a season or a full season to build the chemistry and to build that camaraderie and the leadership in the locker room and to get guys to buy into this system there for the Trojans. And you turn on the film last week, you turn on the film this past weekend for Stanford, and it, it's 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 moving so efficiently. You know, Caleb looks great. The timing with him and his receivers, especially Jordan Addison. Uh, it looks like those guys have been throwing passes together for two or three years. It really does. I mean, go watch the film. Yeah. He's awesome. hitting him on post routes and go balls, and Jordan's not breaking stride. It just yeah. everything seems effortless. It seems smooth, and you know they they you know who knows how good Stanford is. You know, obviously Rice isn't a good football team. You know, I think Fresno State has some ball players. We'll see what that looks like. You know, Washington State on on you know October eighth, and then obviously Utah 
uh, the following weekend is kind of their two big challenges, but they got talent. It seems like that talent is working extremely well together and their schedule sucks. Uh, sucks in a good way for them. Sucks in, sucks in a good way. Not My really, favorite kind really, of suck. Yeah, yes, the good sucking. Um, they don't play anyone. I mean, Washington State and Utah um, are the only like. I mean, I don't even know how good Washington State is, honestly. But Utah. Hey, 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 Go Cougs, okay? Beat, Utah's you know, the only on the team ranked the on their schedule. Yeah, only okay. ranked team, and we like, hey, maybe that game versus Notre Dame in the season. Notre Dame sucks. So, no, nope, um, that game sucks. <laughs> there is a legitimate path for USC to to make it uh, to the playoffs. And offensively, I think they belong. And I'll let you kind of hit on the defense a little bit because you've you've watched that tape more than I have on that side of the football. But they got they got the horses on offense to score points and to stay with anyone. Uh, yeah, by the way, Brum, having this whiteboard by me is so much fun. You probably hate it because I'm constantly looking at it, but um, it just it, it's awesome. Okay, check this out. So I agree with you. Legit playoff contenders for every reason you just said. Uh, as far as the offense goes, the best part about this team, in my opinion, I mean, I really obviously it's a skill position, right? It's Caleb Williams. Like having a great quarterback is the most unstoppable part of football. But what makes it all work, Aaron, and when you speak to it looking easy and like everything is just flowing, it's that offensive line, dude. Their offensive yeah. line is solid as hell. Um, and, and it's funny because when you flip on the USC tape, the first few series I saw, are, the first series I saw was defensively, and I was like, bro, this team looks pretty small now that I'm actually sitting down and watching this thing. And I expected the O-line to look as small as the D-line. Uh-uh. These are big, legitimate NFL-type O-linemen as far as their body profiles go. They're all redshirt sophomore and above. Uh, a redshirt senior center, Brett Nealon. If you could bring up that picture whenever, Brum, I'll talk oh, to you about please. Brett Nealon. But at times, they have two – Look, I mean, look at our guy, Brett Nealon. Like, you know me. Mm. This is the man that I want leading my <laughs> boys into battle. This man right here, bastachioed, sword in hand. Uh, just like a man should be. Look how thick he is, dude. Anyway, <laughs> he's a redshirt center at senior making all the calls. Sometimes, so they have a left tackle that rotates between a redshirt sophomore and a redshirt team. At times, they have three redshirt seniors on the field, and they're all big, and they're all good. And so the thing is, if you cannot threaten Caleb Williams, the skill position is going to kill you. And it's going to be damn hard to threaten Caleb Williams. And when you look at their schedule, I mean, who's the only team that maybe can? Utah? Yeah, that's it. And I don't even know how Utah's going to do. Utah's defense is not, line. yeah, not, not great and, and at like, all. And, and, and so, look, I, 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 I will say this. I say, yes, legitimate playoff contender. Absolutely. I don't know about legitimate championship contender because unlike UGA, and to a greater extent than Ohio State and Notre Dame, or excuse me, Ohio State and Alabama, they have an obvious weakness, and that is the defense. Um, I believe in USC. This morning on my radio show, Jacob Hester called me little Trojan boy. He meant it as an insult. I'm going to wear that with pride. I am a little Trojan boy, okay? Call me Petit Trojan. It's actually my T-Bob. That means Petit Bob. means little Bobby. So I'm a literal little Trojan boy. Unfortunately, so's the USC defense, right? It's like Brum said before the show. The offense looks like, you know, men of Troy. The defense in classic Greek fashion looks like boys of Troy. And I can only imagine what that offensive line does to that defense every day in practice. <laughs> it's probably awful. 
It's probably just absolutely brutal to watch. It should be illegal. Somebody get Chris Hansen on the line. Uh, the, the point is, though, offense is incredible. Defense is a serious weakness, and that's why I don't think they'll win a championship. I will say this. I'm, I'm, I maybe got one I, – I feel like I've been on the USC bandwagon. I'm still not – the. I, I want to see how they do this weekend against Fresno yep. State because defensively, Fresno State, I don't think can break through that O-line. USC's offense going to roll, but look, Jake Hayner is having a hell of a year right now. I know they yep. lost – to Oregon State this last weekend, but he's currently fifth in the country. He's leading 75% of his passes. He's throwing for 380 a game. If USC's defense does like a respectable job against Hayner, then then yes, I'm all in full bore. But ultimately, Keep I do up. think their defense is going to hold them back. So right now, very confident three teams still to make the playoffs. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. There's, there's mm -hmm. one spot left. Uh, yeah. Let me play this scenario out for you, and let me hear your opinion on it. Okay. USC okay. loses to Utah, regular season, comes back, beats Utah in the Pac-12 championship. They win with a one loss because someone in the comments goes, I think it was Rick, goes, if USC loses one game this year, they're likely out. I disagree with that. If, they, if there's a yep. one loss USC team that still wins the Pac-12 and say one loss uh, Big 12 team, whether it's, it's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, um, yeah. Who are you putting in? I think they would lean towards USC at the end of the day. It's SC, dude. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 SC easily. I know the Notre Dame game doesn't look good now, uh, but in this scenario, they probably finish strong with like a nice win against Notre Dame. Um, even if they drop against Utah, that would probably mean whether they came back and beat them in the Pac-12 championship, uh, where they got wrecked twice last year, I yeah. believe, by Utah. So. No man, I look. I'm of the opinion one loss USC is in. Yep. The base reason, like, but if they if they people, lose in the Pac-12 championship, I would say no. That's that's. Oh no no yes no, no yeah sorry yeah. sorry it has right. to be during the season yes. Has to be yes, during the you season, have not, to not win. Pac-12 championship. Everybody, unless you are an undefeated Georgia or Alabama, losing to the other undefeated Georgia Alabama, <laughs> you have to win your conference championship to. Yep get uh to, to to get into the playoffs so yeah uh look i was i came away i entered that usc film expecting in my head to be like ah you probably overhyped them i came away kind of higher on them than ever again because of that offensive line and if they cover this weekend i think it's like 12 and a half against fresno they cover this weekend we're full steam ahead Ooh, rick Rowland, who's in one loss clemson or one loss usc usc but is the ACC not better than the Pac-12 this year? I just think I think there is a a major want and need to put USC in the playoffs. Like I just think for the brand of college football and what we're trying to build, I think they I think they think conspiracy. Aaron has entered the chat. I guess <laughs> I think USC. I think USC being in the playoffs over Clemson is better for college football. I do. I don't disagree, dude. And I'm not against Clemson at all. Uh, I'm just saying, like brand wise and star power, USC will go in above a one loss Clemson. Uh, I, I, and you know what? Maybe it's ultimately just because they start higher, uh, right? Or no, no, do they start? No, no, no. Clemson start higher. Clemson's yeah, no, no. Higher. Ooh, I don't know. Then that's a great question. I was also laughing, not because I mean, it depends of what who you they said lose about to. The media. Yeah, that's I mean, if, if you that's lose fair. to Utah, then beat Utah. I mean, we're get, we're both guessing that if they're going to lose, it's probably going to be the Utah at Utah middle yeah. season. If they revenge that with a win in the Pac-12, I think goes a long way. 
The issue is who is Clemson going to lose to? Like losing to Utah yes. at Utah is a good loss. Clemson losing to someone in the ACC, I guess it's going to depend who that is. I think that obviously goes into it as well. Um, I mean, we just have to pull up their schedule and kind of see. So it'll do, well, it'll do, well, no, no, I, I, we, I don't even think we have to marry to to, to individual teams. It, I think you're right. Like the worst loss will probably be what holds you back, unless you would somehow yes. avenge it in a conference championship setting. Um, the worst loss to make that decision for you. And I wasn't laughing because you said the thing about the media with USC. Because I'm right there with you. I'm right. I'm conspiracy Bob. I'm C Bob. I'm standing next to you. Uh, I'm laughing because Light Dog 1968 in the chat says Lincoln Riley's trophy case has no trophies. You can yell into it and just hear an echo. Uh, and he spells dog D A W G. So, uh, look, man, I, I I agree with you, Light Dog. When you finally get that championship again, I've been there. I've done it. You gotta lean on it and make fun of everyone who doesn't mm -hmm. have it. Welcome to the club, you son of a bitch. Get in here. Um, Christopher Davis says Clemson might lose to Miami. I, look, man, I don't know about Miami. Okay, uh, prove it to me. That Southern I'm Miss not game sold Miami. shit. You didn't look great. And like, what's his name? Um, Van Dyke. I keep hearing about how good he is, but when I've watched, it hasn't been very good, and it's pissing me off because <laughs> I want him to be good. Uh, all right. Uh, I think yeah, that, I like that the, the, the I'm telling you, man. That, and I know it's probably been said throughout the the, the media days yesterday, or media yesterday, but. This this A and M Miami game, and I'm sure we'll break it down a little bit more tomorrow or Thursday. Yes. Uh, is literally like two frauds going at it this this weekend. I don't think either team is very good. Yes. Oh, oh, dude, dude, you. This is crazy, Aaron. For the second Let's time, not peak. Let's not peak. Let's not literally peak. on my morning show. I called it the fraud bowl this weekend. Yes. There we go, dude. We're rolling right along. Um. <laughs> Uh, okay, Nightwing AD, welcome to Chad as well. He says, maybe looking at USC's trophy case will inspire him to win one. That's true. There's a lot over there. Uh, I ain't been for a minute, but you know, there's a lot. Um, all right, next on the rundown today, uh, speaking of fraud bowl, this is not quite the fraud bowl. <laughs> what you could cause this is like the who are we going to declare hate on next week bowl, and that is Penn State against Auburn. Uh, this game is in uh, Jordan-Hare, correct? Penn State at Auburn, yeah, is that correct? They, correct. Play, okay. they played so, in Happy Valley last year. Yeah, I remember that. It was a great game. It was a great game. Yep. Uh, which, to be fair, if we get another great game like that, probably both coaches escape. However, with Brian Harson and James Franklin and with how Auburn has looked these first couple of weeks, there's a very good chance things don't go that smoothly mm -hmm. or that well played. Uh, so it's a CBS 330 game. Immediately, millions will watch, right? That's the big boy slot still. And if you look, uh, the game has massive failure potential. Like I said, Auburn's offense right now looks awful. Um, and I was a TJ Finley fanboy, right? It's kind of funny, right? I watched Finley and Johnson both play as a freshman, and now neither one is playing. Or, well, Finley's playing just awfully, and Johnson's nowhere to be found. Uh, but they have the third worst passing offense in the SEC. Doesn't look like it's getting any better. Um, Penn State with a huge win to start the season. Looked solid last week. Uh like there's potential that Penn State handles Auburn here on a massive stage, Aaron, and Auburn fans are having the Harson conversation all over again. Yep. No, I, well, I listen. Going back and watching the game, and 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 I'm gonna try to find some sort of positive for for Auburn right now. Looking at them, you know, big positive is obviously the defense. They got a really good defense. That front seven is is legit. You put that front seven in a primetime game. In that stadium, you and I have played in, in Jordan Air before. 
that's a hell of a place to play football. It is it is loud. It is a lot of energy. I had their game two weeks ago uh, against a scrub opponent, um, and they showed up big time versus even Mercer. I know it's first game of the season, but huh. they will show up. They're two and zero. Penn State's coming in town. It was an emotional loss last year. It's three thirty CBS. That place is going to be deafening. 100% deafening. So it's going to be hard for Penn State and that offense to move the ball against that defense with that kind of crowd noise. Uh, I've been impressed with Clifford. Uh, big time impressed on him, especially in that first game, the way he was able to bounce back from that INT. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my one positive nugget about Auburn's offense. Last week, if you go watch the first half to the second half, TJ looked a lot better and more comfortable in the offense. He was, he was letting it rip. He was moving around, maybe a little bit too much at times, which is kind of what they're trying to work him, you know, work on with him, keeping his eyes up. But the kid's got a massive arm. I think the receivers are improved. Um, you know, tank is tank. You know, obviously they need to find ways to get tank going early in this game. I think you win the game. You know, if Auburn, if you want to win this game, tank needs to go off. The defense has to play great. And uh, you know, I've been impressed with Robbie Ashford as a runner. You know, when they bring Robbie in there, you know, the defenses know, hey, this guy's mostly going to run the football. But he just continues to have success running it, just right around a 10-yard average right now through the first two games of the season. So um, there's enough talent on offense to make some noise, I think, keep getting better. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I do. I, I would not be surprised if Auburn finds a way to sneak it out uh, and win the game just for the fact that it's at home. And I really like what they have on the defensive side of the football. And Penn State's one-dimensional, man. If you're a one-dimensional team on the road, uh, you're not going to win a lot of games. They just they seem like they can't run the football still. Um, so I've actually never heard of Robbie Ashford before, but I can't help but feel like that's the most Premier League sounding ass name I've ever heard in college football. <laughs> Robbie Ashford with the beautiful quality finish there, and my God, people, that's why you all pay to see him, isn't it? Oh, uh, is that a, is that a backup quarterback? I'm assuming there they use as a bit of a running change it of is. pace. He, he's he's their change. Of, he's the kid that transferred in. You know, they pretty much made all those trades between Oregon and uh, and and Auburn. He's the the newcomer. Can't throw that well um, or at all, but he can <laughs> run. He may be. Harson told me a couple weeks. I mean, he's probably the fastest dude on that team. Uh, when he takes off, and it's like okay, st strap up because this dude is gonna roll. So. Uh, he'll have a big package in this game. I'm sure of it. I just, once again, I think their defense against a one-dimensional Penn State, I, li I, I like it, a little upset. It's like my co-host Aaron said, Robbie Ashford's big package this game could be the key. Check it out. <laughs> 2.30 CBS this Saturday. Um, hell yeah, more Robbie Ashford chat uh, than I had expected coming into today's show. Um, I, I think Penn State rolls here, Air, but I gotta be honest here. I haven't watched Penn State very closely, and I like have not watched Auburn very closely. I had San Jose State on uh, Auburn on for like two seconds last week because I was ready to laugh at Auburn, and then they kind of took control of the second half. So I was like, all right, dude, whatever, I'm out. Um, Brum, yeah, I think I know what time it is, dude. I think it's time for a little use your words where Brian Brumley will come in, give us questions, and we will write them down on our special whiteboards. And this is just a reminder for you two, uh, write your answer and then say your answer for our audio uh, you know, listeners here. And, and put the board in front of your face. Put the board right, in front yeah. of your face. That's correct, Eric. All right, yeah. here we go. We All right first one, week. the third we best be team in the SEC is blank. Aaron, you can go first and see if you've learned anything. 
third best team in the SEC is Mississippi State. Uh, I think I had them as my third best team to start the season off. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did. We'll have to go back and watch that clip. But, man, they look you good. Did. Mike Leach awesome. has that offense rolling. Will Rogers and company. They're actually running the ball a little bit more this year, too, which is great. Uh, I love to see it. The dude's a beast, though. Um, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. He needs to go to the NFL. I think he could be a first-round talent, mostly for the fact that I want his ass to leave before he goes and breaks all my records in the SEC. So I'm rooting for him hard to have a hell of a season before my records are gone because he is going to throw three or four touchdowns every damn week. Uh, it's a it's a lot of fun to watch, and, and Mike has proven that, hey, the air raid can work in the SEC. Uh, my answer is... That's right, baby. That's the Hogs, and that's some cold beer, baby. Uh, look, man, first off, Aaron, on Mississippi State, I watched a lot of Mississippi State film today. I'm kind of terrified of Mississippi State. Don't really want to talk about it, so I hate that answer from you, but you might be right. Secondly, brother, the Hogs right now, dude. Again, I tried to fade him last week, right? I said, yeah, mm-hmm. I think Arkansas wins, but, you know, they're coming off of such an emotional Cincinnati game, and it's a scrappy South Carolina team. And look, the South Carolina team proved to be what I thought it would be, the Arkansas Razorbacks just proved to be continually better than I am giving them credit for. I mean, and honestly, the game was closer than any right to be. They were dominating South Carolina up front. They just look big, Arkansas does, all over the field. But, like, especially offensively, yeah, you lose Traylon Burks. You got Trey Knox. The kid's, like, 6'5", like, 240 or something, and he he can fly. It's – it's, and then you mentioned KJ Jefferson's play. So, yeah, man, I – it's kind of wild to say, but I think it is. I think the Arkansas Razorbacks, the third best team in the yeah. SEC, we're finally getting answers to SEC Media Day's most intriguing questions. Um, all right, what we got next? T Bob, you can go first on this one. It's still Texas AM Slander Week. Texas AM yep. will win blank games this season. Six, six, six games. Six games alone. Brum, I don't know if you can bring up uh, – I, I mean, I can bring it up right here. A Texas A&M schedule. Sorry, I thought I had it brought up. Okay, I'm looking for wins on this A&M schedule, and I know we're being reactive, but I'm going to give yes. them a couple that I don't even know that we've given today, okay? Um, I will give them a win. They have one right now. I'll give them a win over LSU. I'll give them a win over Auburn. I'll give them a win over UMass. Outside of that – Right, they still need two more out of yep. Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Bama, South Carolina, um, Florida, Ole Miss. Like they don't really feel as good as any of those teams from where we sit today. So two more only gets into six, and you want me to find three more in that group? And help give yep. them South Carolina, and then try to find two out of the other ones. You just can't do it today. So it sounds dark, and I'm kind of in the same place with LSU. So A and M misery loves company. We shit on each other here. But uh yeah, man, I'm at six. Oh. Uh oh, there it is. I'm at seven. I'm with you though. I like I was pushing seven. Like that was not a very confident answer for me when I was going through their schedule too. Like I was like I was more that five or six number, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm still gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. It's a good coaching staff, they still got players, and I do believe Jimbo's gonna make the right decision eventually and put Max in there. And I do think the offense will get better when Max Johnson is at the helm playing QB being QB one. So I'm going to throw that factor into it. So I'll say seven because they just have too much talent to be a six win team. 
but I would not be shocked if they are five or six based on what we've seen for the first two weeks of the season. And, Make a damn change. Like, Free Max. Yes, unless Max Johnson. Like, that's the only way that we find more wins yes. is if Max Johnson comes in and just plays way better. All right, moving on. Aaron, Max you come go, in you there and just here. completely suck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> well, right. I mean, we did say if he manages to play way better. Trust me, after yesterday's okay. show, I have no belief in Jimbo Fisher to develop quarterbacks anymore. Like, the proof is kind of in the pudding. So, you know, let him prove it to me again before I start to give him that benefit of the doubt anymore. I'm sorry, Brum, what you got? No worries. Uh, let's move on to the future of Notre Dame is blank, Aaron. Uh, straight up, just it's good. I think it's good. I think right now, Marcus Freeman, I still think he's a great football coach. I think the one benefit for Notre Dame right now is the expanded playoff because I think they're going to continue to, to, to be able to feel the roster that is good enough to be one of the top 12 teams in the country. So they will have a chance to continue to build their brand, have a great coach, make the playoffs, and I think they'll be good. I mean, it's not going to change much from what we've seen lately. They'll be good enough to make playoffs. They will not be good enough to win championships. That's just who Notre Dame is. They're not going to be able to recruit like the big boys. They're not going to be able to hit the portal like the big boys. They just can't because of some of the ac academic restrictions. They're going to be a good playoff team because of the 12-team playoff. And there's nothing wrong with that. Freeman will have a great career, and, and maybe he eventually leaves and goes somewhere else that, they, that he has a chance to win a championship. But – I, I I believe in the strong brand of Notre Dame. Uh, R E L A X. Yes, Notre Dame's future is relaxed. Okay, everybody, just calm down, pump the brakes. Like everything Aaron said, dude. Marcus Freeman, I I believe at least is a good coach. We'll see. I know he's a good defensive yep. coach, right? Yep. Uh, they're recruiting excellently. They will always be nationally relevant. Um, but yes, as Aaron is alluding to there, I don't know how much higher the ceiling is than what Brian Kelly accomplished there. And so the future is still bright. It's just a matter of it still feels limited. I mean, again, there's no greater commentary on that than Brian Kelly leaving and going to an LSU uh, program that is just completely in the dirt, uh, torn apart. Welcome Jay, the goat to the chat, dude. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, all right, what we got next bro? T-Bob, Nebraska should hire blank. <laughs> I've been waiting for this all day long. And uh, the reason is, oh, no, I accidentally closed Joe Maglia's uh, Wikipedia. Let me bring it up here again. Oh, I'm doing this all wrong. My bad, bro. I failed. Um, here we go. Writing now. Writing <laughs> now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jamie Chadwell. You know what that is, Brum? That's a Chanticleer, a proud rooster, ready to announce himself to the world. That's Jamie Chadwell. Okay, he's been kicking ass at Coastal Carolina. Um, you gotta strike while 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 it's hot at some point. But there is one key piece in all of this, and that is former Coastal Carolina head coach Aaron and TD Ameritrade CEO Joe Maglia. This guy's fascinating. We looked him up earlier. He started coaching in 1970, okay, at Fordham. Um, he coaches all the way to 83. He leaves 
his DC job at Dartmouth in 83. He gets into Wall Street. Next thing you know, he ends up having a mega success investing. He becomes a CEO of TD Ameritrade. He grows their assets from 24 billion to 300 billion. Five years of record numbers in a row. Then he goes to Coastal Carolina, becomes the head coach, and gets conference coach of the year. And he brings Coastal Carolina from the FCS to the FBS to the somebody did to the Sun Belt into big time football. He hires Jamie Chadwell. Okay, key in all of this. But I left out one detail. Before he came back to Coastal Carolina, he spent two years as an assistant to who? Bo Pelini. Where? at Nebraska. And so Joe Moglia is out here in the media already talking about, oh, and by the way, now he like runs Coast Carolina Athletics. But he's talking about how, look, man, uh, Jamie Chadwell, we'd hate to lose him, but I have no doubt that he would be successful at Nebraska. So it seems like he is actually actively lobbying for Jamie yep. Chadwell to be the next head coach. And as we see from his Wikipedia page, just a fascinating Wikipedia, Joe Moglia, whatever he says in this life, tends to happen. So I'm calling you Jamie Chadwell, next Husker head coach. Yeah, I, I like that. You stole it from me, so I'm going to go with the next option. <laughs> oh, no. Urban freaking Meyer. I think, I, think, I think Nebraska's at the point right now where they will forgive his sins, will forgive everything that went down there in Jacksonville and said, we want to win. We are sick of being losers. We are sick of being laughed at. We are a proud program. We need a coach that can lead us to a championship. And who's better? Of all the coaches out there, and the goal is winning, who is the best to bring someone to the, the, the possibility of winning a championship? Well, how about the guy who's won national championships pretty much everywhere he's gone and has success? Urban freaking Meyer. If he's desperate enough Oof. to get back into coaching Oof. and wants to go with a big brand, and Nebraska can forgive all the craziness, which will be one will be one season. So I think they can move past it. Uh, I think Urban's the best choice, honestly. I don't think it happens. I think he's the best choice. He's the best available head coach out there right now um, who would be willing to leave a job and go somewhere. Okay, real quick on the last one. Yes. For our Saturday night shows, Snaps After Dark, T-Bob has dressed up like a wizard for both shows. Aaron yep. should dress up as blank for the live show on Saturday. T-Bob, you go first. Uh, this one writes itself, and that is, let me finish my little drawing here. Uh-huh. A little Trojan boy. Duh, dude, that's <laughs> who we are. Just a little, get him, get him a little Trojan outfit, little mini skirt, little chest plate. By the way, this is a very hair suit man right here, dude. Yeah. His chest lettuce is not to be denied. Very impressed. Normally quarterbacks like to wax. They're kind of bald and everything. It's a little I weird. Did in college. Like it's a little. You know what's funny? Yeah, see, exactly, dude. You used to wax your chest in college. What is so, wrong so with in you guys? So in college, we went to like the, uh, the no huddle offense. So we wanted to, <laughs> one of our plays was like 10 and 11 zone. So we would name the play after the player. So obviously 11 was going to be, hey, Murray, 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 Murray. <laughs> and Bobo knew I liked to like, you know, trim my chest hairs. So the signal was this. That was our signal. So anytime you saw me doing this, like shaving my chest, that meant, you know, uh, double laughed, uh, 11 read, 11 zone. I thought I, I thought you were about to tell me that like a swimmer, you wanted to be faster. So you shaved your chest no, hair. Oh, yeah. More dude. suave for the ladies. I Jeez, mean, dude, I mean, what, what do you want to look like? A junior high boy? A little prepubescent yeah. child? Not what are we doing now, here? Obviously. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm going with 
The, I don't know if you've seen it or not. And I the, wait, what was, Browns, what was you got to say it out loud? Say it out loud for the podcast. The Browns new mascot for their midfield no, logo. Let me look this up. <laughs> let me look I this mean, up. I don't know if we can, Brum, you could pull it up real quick or not, but the, the Browns just it's announced. Little elf guy, Brownie have, the elf. Yeah, the the Brownie the elf. <laughs> uh, I think you know the whole elf theme for your Gandalf could go well. So I saw it right before the show. I was like, okay, that's that's my answer. There we go. Brownie this the is elf. one of the dumbest. This is one of the dumbest looking mascots I've ever seen here. <laughs> in Brownie the Elf. Uh hell yeah, dude. Look, okay, 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 okay. But 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 Brum, the reason why um the volume needs to buy air in a Trojan costume is because unlike Brownie the Elf, it's not gonna cover his face, right? Unless you go like maybe just elf ears. Uh you do have an mm-hmm. elvish look to your head. You could be a great elf. We just gave you a little point of ears. But but Brum, imagine your QB1 right now in a Spartan helmet, right? With a gold chest plate, Gladius or Glavius, Gladius, whatever, sword in hand with a nice little male mini skirt. Okay, he would look awesome. You know he's got the thighs for it. Are y'all oh, gonna I got order the for thighs. Him? I did a nice 45 minute Peloton bike today. Them thighs Ooh, are- That's QB1 yeah. stuff right there, people. Um, all right, we gotta go. Uh, Aaron, you have a great show. <laughs> and uh, everybody like and subscribe. Uh, to the video, to the channel. Hey, uh, if, if, if wherever you listen to podcasts, help your boys out. Sub to Snaps. If you sign up for FanDuel, use the promo code SNAPS. Rate and review it. We'll see you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central, every day here on Snaps. The Volume. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.